This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Leave reviews. Do all that good stuff with the internet. Uh, Hello. (laughs) Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm all right. It's been a crazy at least couple of days of news stuff. Okay. And I feel like so many of the things I want to talk about have nothing to do with the riots and anything Trump said this week. It's just other stuff. Well, that sounds very fun. Yeah, right. It's something different. Uh, here's one that I wanted to start off with because uh, I think I think this is going to be news. Okay. So two months ago, there was this pastor, Rodney Howard Brown, in Tampa, Florida, who was holding in-person church services at his church. And it was so bad and so early in the pandemic that this guy actually got arrested for doing it. Did we talk um, about him or was there somebody else who got arrested? About it. There, were, there were a few that got arrested. Right. This is not Tony Spell from Louisiana, which is mm-hmm. the more famous one. Mm-hmm. But this guy is famous for like having these services where everyone's just laughing hilariously and that's the way they heal i don't know what they do i don't get it but wait is it um, like anyway, okay no go ahead anyway he was arrested they no seriously they just laugh <laughs> and well, they do this for like 20 minutes on end there's a thing called laughter yoga that ross and carrie did on their podcast it's that, like, not laughter it's not that's it's rational. Is it like speaking in tongues, but laughing in tongues? Um, imagine the funniest joke you've ever heard, except no one said anything. We just hear your reaction. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it I looks, hate it. And then imagine like a hundred people reacting. It just sounds haunted. I don't know if that's yeah. a real description of anything, but it just sounds haunted. <laughs> I will give him this. So like after he got arrested, he actually agreed to do whatever it is they wanted him to do. So we just set up shop in his home studio. He broadcast his sermons from home with his wife sometimes. Like, fine, that's what you're supposed to do. What we're doing, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're opening stuff back up in Florida. Republican state, they can kind of, they don't care about the science. So this weekend, or human beings, this Sunday, he is holding an event called The Stand 20 which I think means twen- like the year is 2020. The but he's like thing the Stephen King book? Probably because it's a scary ending. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be an open air mass healing and miracle service. Basically, almost 3,000 people have signed up to come to like his backyard slash his church. Three They're going to hold this out. 3,000 have signed up. And that was like as of yesterday night maybe uh or this morning rather like it's thousands of people have registered but that's like also it's kind of like on facebook when you say you're going to go somewhere who knows how many follow through sure but Listen, if i throw a lot of parties in college i know yeah. those yes answers are not reliable right so if three thousand ish people say they're coming who knows what the actual number is but the funniest thing and it's funny because i'm not there and it's sad is that if you go to register, which I did, they make you sign a waiver, which basically, let me find you the thing it says, because I looked this. Okay, here's what the waiver says. When you sign your name to it, you're basically assuming all of the risks 
and I'm quoting, that might arise from negligence or carelessness on the part of basically everyone involved. What they're saying is if you get COVID from coming to this service, too damn bad for you. And by the way, they also said, you don't know masks. You don't have to wear a mask. No, no social distancing. They're not doing any of that. Masks it are also- for women. The worst thing I can think of. Women don't have to wear masks either. They also say in the waiver, I acknowledge that this activity and or future events may involve direct physical contact with people other than my immediate family and or household members. Like we're going to bump into each other. We may do baptisms. We may be putting hands on other people. They're totally doing all the stuff you're not supposed to do. And people are going to get sick. That's what's happened at church openings everywhere and they're much smaller than this even though it's outside doesn't matter right um that's happening this sunday covid palooza thanks to jesus that's happening in tampa have fun with that um here's one more sad scary republican story (laughs) along the same line just one more hemant i thought we had enough i have seven more but this is the second (laughs) on my list Okay. Um, basically, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention had guidance, as sketchy as it may be right now because of who's running the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they put out guidance for different groups that may be getting together. So like schools, if you're opening up over the summer, here's what you should do mm-hmm. to take precautions. They also had precautions for churches. And they had said, we recommend that you either, and I'm quoting, consider suspending or at least decreasing use of your choir or musical ensembles. Yeah. Uh, and congregants singing, chanting, or reciting. Basically, keep your mouth shut. Um, they also said the act of singing may contribute to the transmission of COVID-19. Yeah, yeah of course. That's true. That makes sense. Um, and then this last week, they also said, by the way, you know, don't congregate if you can help it. Practice mm-hmm. social distancing, wear face masks, everything you've heard a million times. They also said, don't use shared cups. Like in a Catholic church, if you're mm-hmm. all drinking from the same chalice, don't do communion. From I the mean, that's the thing cup. we say to kindergartners to keep them from getting in sick. I'm kind of shocked that we have to tell it to grown adults during a pandemic. But like, listen, yeah. who am I? Yeah, exactly. Um, all that guidance is gone now. Oh, sure. All of it. Um, basically, they said two White House officials said the first version posted by the CDC, which said, you know, don't sing in your choirs because too much stuff in the air and don't share cups. They said that version was not approved by the White House. And once the West Wing officials saw it, they asked the CDC to post a different part without the choir references and the don't drink from the same cup thing. Oh, God. As somebody so, sang in a lot of choirs... You are shoulder to shoulder. You're probably wearing bad robes. You're sweaty. And if you're singing good, you're spitting fucking everywhere. Yeah. And the amazing thing about that is like once the CDC posted something, the White House, i.e. not health officials or experts or scientists said, oh, you know what? We don't like your recommendations. So we're going to override the people who know what they're talking about. are mildly inconvenient for me. So can we just change the sciences? Yes. And by the way, it should go without saying, like religious gatherings have been the source of a whole bunch of outbreaks. And yet they're doing this anyway. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, wait, look, there's a third story about the Republicans. <laughs> oh, good. All right, there's a bunch of... This one happened last night, and it... Okay, I saw this story come up on my newsfeed, and it was from a paywalled website, so I couldn't read it. But the story, from what hey, I could gather... Journalism, Hammett, Jesus. I, I thought about it, but then I don't like paying for one story. <laughs> like, I don't want a subscription for the one story I want to read. Um, but the thing I saw was Republican atheist city council and i'm like tell me more can we talk about this person last week different person oh that's yes that's my reaction oh wait this one gets better so yes to to your question like yes there appear to be two atheist republicans Mm -hmm. on city councils now but this one was unusual um here's what i can tell you about our friend jeff pastor no pun intended with the last (laughs) name his name yeah. is Jeff Pastor. He's a Cincinnati city council member. I guess in 2017, there were 24 people running for nine seats, and basically the most votes get the nine seats. He came in ninth, but he made the cut. Okay. He made city council. Good for him. Um, he posted something on Medium last week where the website where people can post a lot of personal essays, mm-hmm. one-off. I don't mm-hmm. want to keep a blog, but I want to write one thing. There you go, medium.com. Um, he I feel like medium a, is a source of a lot of like 20 something white people with bad, bad, bad uh, opinions. Would that be a fair times? It can be, but also I've read like short blog posts for people who just, they don't want to post all the time. So they don't keep a blog. It's I've read a few good things on there. This one was interesting because he posted a thing talk. I want to read the title of this because it was very interesting. Here's the title of his thing. Of his post. Ever met a black Jew Republican polyamorous atheist? Question mark. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait. Is Back up point? for a second. Back up. I have many questions. <laughs> that was so many words I was excited to hear and confused by. Yes. That's exactly, <laughs> like, I was thinking there are there are ways to mix and match some of those things sure. in a way that's plausible. I don't think I can recall ever hearing all of them at once, but I, okay. go on. Wait, could you read that list again? And yeah. then I want us to decide which one is the most shocking to be paired with a Republican. Go ahead. I will do that for you. And I'll, then I'll give you my answer. Do you ever met a black Jew Republican polyamorous atheist? Okay, is it a bad take if I think polyamorous Republican is like the most rare like crossover of Venn diagrams? Because I yeah, I can't remember a lot of Republic. Like, there's a difference between the Libertarians, but he's not calling himself that. No, yeah, and like the no Trumpian MAGA hat wearing. Mm -hmm. I've never heard someone in a MAGA hat saying, "Yep, I'm Polly." Mm -hmm. Never happened. But okay, um. I have heard of a few people saying I'm a black Republican. Sure. Um, a handful of Jewish ones, not a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not a lot of atheist Republicans, as we've discussed. Okay, so I read that. Yeah. And I read the piece, and I'm like, I still have questions. And I reached out to the guy on Facebook. Uh, you from? I'm sorry, I know you told me. Daddy, Ohio. Oh, okay. So I reached out to him. I'm like, I have questions for you. Mind talking to me? And he said, yes. So last night on Thursday, we were on the phone for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Talking about all this because I'm like, tell me again all of this stuff. Okay. Which which thing do you want to hear about first? I'm going to try to explain this. 
I will tell you this. I'm I so excited to hear from this I guy. I genuinely liked him. Um, but I want to, exp- I'm going to try to explain my thinking and his thinking. So pick a label. Which one do you want to talk about? I will tell oh, you. Poly- polyamory for sure. We didn't. We did not talk about that at all. Well, it was the least. Pick a thing. I did. I was gonna say, except that one. That was the least interesting thing on the list because, frankly, I don't care. And Fine, let me talk. Let me hear about atheist Republican. I get the theme. God, of why show. are you the host of this show? I want um, to talk about polyamory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think there was anything to say other than like he's poly, and I think my reaction was all right. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um. Fine. So the atheist thing, he said that he grew up in a variety, like his religious journey went all over the place. He said he has been to Episcopal, Methodist, Southern Baptist churches. None of them connected with him. He went to a mosque to see if Islam did it for him. It did not. He went to synagogues and he's like, eh, regular Judaism isn't for me. Orthodox Judaism is not for me. He actually found a nice community that he liked in a conservative Judaism. Uh, that's the name of the like sect, conservative Judaism, though it's not like conservative in the way we would talk about it. It's actually fairly liberal Jews. I don't know why he doesn't say I'm a secular Jew, yeah. but that is what it sounds like. Like conservative Judaism is relatively liberal. You, sure. there, he said, I've, there's a lot of people in my congregation uh, who don't believe in God. So it's a thing. That's not weird. But okay. So he's like, I like that congregation. I I'm like the synagogue. So, and I'm I don't Jewish. Know. I don't know a ton about Judaism, but I, I'm curious what the percentage is of people because you hear secular Jew a whole lot. Yeah, what you don't hear is people who uh, who find Judaism later in life. Yeah, and then also then call themselves a secular Jew. Yeah, I feel I like you find religion in life. He's moving around, and then he finds this group of people he connects with, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'm one of you." And we're, I'm Jewish now. Like, that's yeah. kind of the long and short of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very uh, curious about that because I'm, I'm curious if he, like, went through everything you have to do to become Jewish or if he just sort of decided he was. Yeah, which I don't you know what? I'm not sure what he had to do, per se, mm-hmm. to acquire the label because he wasn't born into it. Uh, so I don't know what he did, but he's part of a relatively liberal congregation. And at okay. some point, he decided, you know what? I don't think I believe at all. And that's what he came out like to his friends. He came out years ago uh, and no one cared because whatever you do you. And now he also said in his post that he made public, he's an atheist Jew who finds truth validity, I guess in agnosticism, humanism, theism, African, Chinese, native American spirituality. And I was like, those seem like contradictions. You can't, you can't find truth in all of them because they are opposites. Like, is I would say I appreciate yeah, that there are good people say. in the world. It, it sounds like somebody who's like a religion major in college. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, and, and like, I don't yeah. mean that it's like derogatory, but like you can find, I find value in all of these different. Uh, yeah. Traditions. Like I, I grew up really, really interested in like Greek mythology. So I know a lot about it and I've kind of gleaned a lot from those stories just in my life, but I would not say I'm like a worshiper of Zeus necessarily. Right. Right. I think, and by the way, he edited that post to take out theism after we spoke. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But he basically, I, I asked him like, 
do you just mean you find value in those traditions that like you um you appreciate the devotion and passion of the people in those traditions he's like yeah that would that would be accurate yeah okay fine. which i also don't think is necessarily unusual for for no. non-religious people at all a, like a lot I, of us have a intrinsic interest in religion and traditions surrounding yeah. it and uh, you know easily say like oh secular humanist congregations i definitely appreciate what they do mm-hmm. uh Unitarian Universalist congregations, they do a lot of good work. I can find value in that. I can appreciate that. Doesn't mean I'm part of it. But like, I can, I guess I could say the same thing about some of that. Okay, fine. So there's his Jewish side and his atheist side. Mm -hmm. Then we got to Republican. I'm like, okay, what does that that mean for you that you're a Republican? By the way, this is city council. It's nonpartisan. So also it doesn't matter. It's not like he ran as a Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the, I'm going to try to say this from his perspective. If I, and I hope I get this right. He said he identified as a, he's our age, by the way, like late, oh, oh. mid late thirties. Okay. He said he came to identify as a Republican from the age of 16, like early high school. Okay. Um, and by that, he meant, which was also weird, because I'm like, okay, so now we're talking Clintons in office. But, like, I knew Republican did not uh, mean, I knew Republican meant religious right at the time. I, I, I think, I do not think most people necessarily associated that with in, in the 90s. Like, as somebody who grew up with a Republican dad, yeah. you, a Republican non-religious dad, it definitely like this story you hear is very much different from like oh liberals hate babies or or whatever it was very your dad's republicanism would be what i'm not sure what you're asking me like like if you're saying your dad wasn't like a religious right republican what type of republican was he oh old rich guy republican okay so yeah which, yeah, I'm sorry, by the way, to give John Blimke all the credit in the world, former Republican, <laughs> he's officially a registered Democrat, and it's genuinely the single most important like thing that has happened in my family in like 20 years. <laughs> well done. Um, Jeffrey Pastors said he was identified as Republican from 16, and he said he very much identified with like, quote unquote, classical Republican positions, i.e. he's the sort of person who's like, yes, I am the part party of abraham lincoln i'm the party of eisenhower brother, um, somebody of needs to read about history a little more i'll tell you what so in my head that's totally what i was thinking too and i'm like yeah but that's not the republicans of today yeah whatever you think about the republicans of the past that's not the party we are talking also, about. If you're you as a party need to reach back to the 19th century to find one good thing you've done, maybe you guys aren't doing super great. <laughs> well, and I was like, the parties that the party that you're talking about seems at least closer to the Democrats of today. Yeah, I, I just, right? sorry, sorry, but I just think it's fucking hysterical when I I because you see this shit all the time on on um Facebook or Twitter or whatever of like the Republicans were the first person to elect a man of a person of color into office. And the Republicans were the first person to have. And it's like, Oh, bud, 
Do you think you as a party represent the black population more? And if so, why do you think it's all old white guys who represent you? Like, you cannot take pride in having the first black representative or whatever they said. And then today be 95% white and man and be like, yeah, yeah. Remember 90 years ago, we had a black dude that one time. It's like if you were an old racist white guy and you're like, no, no, no. I had a black friend in college. I swear to fucking God. I don't remember his name and we do not stay in touch. (laughs) But, like, I am immune now. I'm immune from racism. So I raised all of this stuff to him. And he's heard it all before, too. Because he's had a lifetime to think about this and get a lot of shit for it. Um, So he's heard all this. So here's his argument, I think. He's saying he's not necessarily the party of Trump. He likes limited government. He supports LGBTQ rights. He likes his guns. He's a libertarian in those ways. Uh, Here's what he said about Democrats. He thinks they take the black vote for granted which I kind of agree with, but I also would argue they have kind of good reason for that because their policies are by and large better. Not always. He pointed out like that they're uh, the Bill Clinton criminal. uh, What am I thinking of? Like the bill that Bill Clinton signed has hurt African. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, I'll think of it, but go ahead. Like, I'm like, yes, that is legit. Like democratic policies have not helped the African-American community, historically speaking, but also look at the alternative right now. And also look at the progressive voices in the democratic party right now who are very much pushing to make sure Democrats don't take black votes for granted, regardless of what stupid thing Joe Biden might say about it. Uh, it was criminal justice reform, 1994 crime okay. bill passed by Congress. Um, and yes, and that put more black people behind bars for stupid things. Like mm-hmm. it was that sort of stupid. Okay. So I'm with him. Like Democrats are not perfect by no, any means. God, no. He also said rightly, I think both parties are classist. They cater to the rich. I agree. And so my question, of course, is, okay, but the GOP is drifting further and further to the right. So whatever you're saying about the Republican Party, that's not where they are at right now, right? And basically, from what I could gather, his argument is, I'm a Republican the way it was meant to be. And this is me putting words in his mouth, not his exact words. He's saying, I'm where the Republican Party used to be. I'm where the Republican Party should be. And the way for me to make a difference is to keep that label and try to pull people to my way of thinking, as opposed to me shifting over to where they're at, to which I'm like, you know, you could just hop over to either the Libertarian Party, which I can understand politically speaking, that's useless, unless you're like a especially if you want to pursue higher office or something, third party is hard to get elected. Sure. But also they're not moving closer to you. They're not going to do that. So what are you doing? If you want to pass policy (sighs) closer to what you want, you're not going to do it as a Republican. Yeah. I, that's uh, my argument. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I, I'm trying to be really empathetic toward people who are sort of feeling, um, uh, rudderless about the two party system, which I think is a completely fair, fair thing to be is, you know, a lot of people are further, much, 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 much further left, myself included, further left when where the Democratic Party currently stands. Yeah. Um, and, and I would generally argue and say, pull the party left as a group. That's our best way to like to to have like net good things happen. Right. It's not about Democrats winning just for the sake of winning. It is a a, a an opportunity to make the country a better place as much as we can. Um, Right. And in that sense, it's like, all right. I mean, I guess 
I get where you're coming from. I just don't think that would ever happen. They're not moving in your direction. They're yeah, not that, going that's, that's what I'm saying is like, I, I understand the idea of feeling abandoned by your party, but also, I don't know. Like, I, look at what I, some Republicans sure have done. done. Look at what some of them have formed, like the Lincoln Project and some other, like the, the never Trump Republicans have become more vocal about this, especially now where they're saying, look, we are Republicans. We think of ourselves as Republicans. We cannot support what today's Republican Party is doing. And so, you know what? We're voting for Biden. We don't want you to vote for Republicans. I think they just came out with a list of commercials, like short little internet only commercials, mm-hmm. where they talk to other people, other former Republicans who are just ashamed of what the party's become. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of have this, eh, I don't love Biden, which is hardly a ringing endorsement, right? But all of the Republicans in charge of that group say, you know what, though? That's authentic. They don't like Biden. They don't like his policies. They are Republican, but also they hate Trump and they want everyone to know why they hate Trump and why they would not vote for Trump. Yeah. And I think that, oh God, there's many, many, many reasons why I'm not thrilled about a, a Biden nominee and, and, and all of that. However, the, the one thing I can say in a very, very general sense is that the John Blumkeys of the world, right? The newfound, and I don't even know if my dad is considers himself a Democrat, but he is just not, does not want to have anything to do with the Republican party anymore. He doesn't give a fuck. I see my dad and the John Blumkeys of the world of which there are no people who are, who have been lifelong Republicans and aren't drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Like, don't see their values reflected anymore. I see those people being more comfortable with a Joe Biden than an Elizabeth Warren or or a Bernie Sanders. Or I know, of all things, like, you should be thrilled by Joe Biden then, because he is a centrist, like... Oh, right, right. You know what I mean? Compared yeah, to... He's a weeble wobble on the center of, of the political scale, which, like, is not my preference, but I also think that gives us... I would rather pass shit that is while not perfect a little bit effective than like keep trying to pass the bills of my dreams and running up against mitch mcconnell and his lack of chin like it's i don't know i should make fun of people with weak chins though right yeah that's the least problematic thing about mitch mcconnell Mm -hmm. most problematic thing about me so there's a lot to it (laughs) (laughs) so jeffrey pastor this guy goes on to say look he's been he's at least heard the uncle tom epithets from like one side he's heard rhino from fellow republicans right he's that republican do you want to explain uh, what a rhino is i don't know if that's yeah, a republican in name only he calls himself a republican but he doesn't follow any of the republican mm-hmm. stuff but i will say when he ran for city council in 2017 he didn't have to call himself a republican because it's city council it's nonpartisan. i did ask him are you thinking about running for higher office he said it's not out of the question. He may be wanting he may want to do that in the future. If he does that, whether it's state legislature or Congress or something, then the Republican label is going to be more than some whimsical quirk. Sure. Then it's going to be like, what the hell are you doing now? You know what I mean? Yeah. And right now it's a thought experiment. Right. And, and I don't know. And maybe I'm completely wrong. Like, God, knows, I don't fucking know anything. But one kind of wonders if you're running as a Republican, but have many left leaning sort of tendencies, who is your audience there? Because I know I wouldn't vote for 
anybody labeled Republican because I think mm-hmm. that everything the party does is shitty. But most Republicans would, if they did any kind of digging into like his policies, would be like, well, no, he doesn't represent us. So like, who is this man representing? Yeah, it seems like you could more easily find a YouTube constituency than voters who would put you in office with yeah. that thinking. And, so. and sorry, I, I want to be clear, like, I don't call yourself what you want to run under the platform you want to. I'm not like discouraging him. I'm just sort of thinking logistically of, of, of who, what votes he's going to add together. Anyway, continue. This is not a fair analogy, but I kept thinking while I was talking to him, I'm like, you know, my email address is pretty much just, it's the same one I've had since high school mm-hmm. and it, there's no reason for it now. And it's like, why do I keep it? Well, because changing it would be more complicated and no one, I don't think really anyone cares. Mm-hmm. You just email me, you type in my name, whatever. <laughs> it'll it'll show up, right? And I think that's what happened to this guy as a Republican where he's like, yeah, I, maybe he had some friends who were Republican and he's like, yeah, I believe in what you're telling me they stand for because mm-hmm. historically that may have been true. But they are not that now. But so the question is like, well, then do you switch a party label or do you say, well, I'm the guy who's doing it right. It's all of you who are doing it wrong. That's easier Why did they change my name? It's him who sucks. <laughs> yes. Where is that? Uh, uh, John Bolton office. Yes, office space. Yeah. He's the um, Got That's it. exactly it. It's like, what do you want to do? Do you really want to change it? He doesn't want to change it. So do you, you can't get mad at him, I guess, though it does come across as... Can I I fucked that quote up in the most pretentious way possible because I said it's him who sucks as if that's how normal human beings talk. (laughs) He's the one who sucks. I know the quote. I've seen the movie. Go ahead. Yes, it's all good. Um, I was trying to think of anything else that we talked about that was interesting. I'm really fascinated by this guy, though. I I did enjoy talking to him for what it's worth. He's from Um, He's from Cincy. He's going to be up for re-election next year. He is planning on running for city council again next year. Um, He does really seem to enjoy talking about this stuff because I think he gets a kick out of ruining everyone else's assumptions about who he is. Sure, which I bet is an extraordinarily satisfying (laughs) place to live in. I do that by being overly nice to people in public. And if they find out I'm an atheist, then it's good. (laughs) I'm very polite to people in public, except for today. I went to the dog park for the first time in a month, and a woman gave me a dirty look because Dottie ran by her and got a flick of dirt on her shoulder. And I, she like looked at me like, oh, and I was like, I said, we're in a dog park, but what I wanted to say, (laughs) you're sitting on the ground in the mud in a dog park. Are you sure it's my dog? That's the problem here. Anyway, nice ruins my very, very good day. Let's move on to Jerry Falwell, because he was, again, here's what he tried to do. So in Virginia, uh, Governor Ralph Northam basically said he's instituting whatever they want to call it, whatever policy you could do in the state, saying basically, if you go in a public space, you must wear a mask. He is mandating you wear a mask. Maybe there's an exception for health, but otherwise everyone's got to wear a mask. Fine. Hey, just really not cute, weird. quick cue. Do you personally know of any health exemptions that mean you cannot wear a mask? Yes. Okay. So um, they're not... They can't, it's not frivolous. Like, okay, there are... Not made up from whole cloth. No. Um, maybe some people are, but oh, there are no, legit no. reasons well, you might not There's be able to wear a mask. definitely people who are straight up... Yeah, I can tell because they're recording the conversation on their phone and yelling, 
the ADA says you can't ask me why I won't wear a mask. And it's like, ma'am, you're As fine. As you take a puff from the cigarettes, oh my like God. you can breathe. I um, really just sidebar. There's a couple videos floating around of like various Costco and like whatever grocery store members dealing with assholes on the internet. And I just yeah. want to say to you all, like, thank you so much. There is <laughs> one from Costco where a guy is like, which, oh my God, it's so good. He's in Costco and he's recording this dude, this, this employee. Right. And he's like, you know, this is John from Cleveland. And, uh, this man is asking me to take off my, uh, take off my, or put on a mask, even though I, don't want to. And this, I woke up in a free country last time I checked. And he goes to the guy, the guy's like, are you recording? He's like, yeah. And I'm going to broadcast it to my 3000 followers. <laughs> and the guy down the barrel of the camera. He's like, Hey, my name is Liam. I'm a member. You know, I'm a staff member at Com- Costco. I'm asking this member to please put his mask on because we are asking all these people. He is refusing. And like, he's just so like dead to camera. Like <laughs> not, he's not like, upset he's just like this is what i'm doing i'm a grown-ass audience of three thousand. let me talk to them trying to like make sure people don't die even though i'm getting probably minimum wage but please take your fucking camera and your three thousand followers out of my face i would say if you have three thousand followers and you're doing a live stream that probably means 12 are watching okay i only have like 2,000 followers or less. So let's not bag on those of us who aren't fucking blue checkmark elitists. Affirmative action works. Okay, (laughs) so I'm talking about Jerry Falwell Jr. Here's what he did. Ralph Northam, the governor, said you gotta wear a mask. Jerry Falwell's like, fuck you, I don't have to wear a mask. But (laughs) Jerry Falwell's like, if there's one thing I've always said, it's I'll never wear a mask since the (laughs) 70s. This. Uh, he tweeted out a picture. He's like, well, if I, I'm paraphrasing, if I have to wear a mask, it's going to be this one. And he posts a picture of a photoshopped mask. Moment. I shall. Um, it's a photoshopped picture of a mask with one man in blackface and another wearing a KKK costume. Now, some of you hearing this will know what I'm referencing. But I just want you to, let's say you know nothing else about it and you just see the picture. All you see is a man in blackface next to a man in a KKK costume. And Jerry Falwell's like, ha ha, that's the mask I'm going to wear. And everyone's like, yeah. Okay, here's the backstory that Falwell knows and people who follow politics will know too. Last year, Ralph Northam got in trouble because that picture in question they said he's the guy in blackface, Governor Ralph Northam, the Democrat. And he was took this in like medical school at some party. And Ralph Northam is like, yeah, it was a long time ago. It was a stupid thing to do. And then later he's like, that wasn't me. I can't verify it was me. It wasn't me. And they all wanted him to resign. He didn't resign. And you know what? Virginia's better off because he didn't resign. He's done some really good stuff yeah, since we, then. We but also long and hard about these kinds of Yeah. So Jerry Falwell's like, I'm only going to wear a mask if this picture of Governor Blackface himself is on. Okay. So when you were describing it, I I misunderstood what you were saying. Um, Which part? So I thought when you said he's only wearing a mask with like this, I thought his implication was the only mask he'll wear is like a KKK hood. 
Oh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. No, not at all. But it's literally a mask with that picture on it. Yes. As in, I'm going to walk into Costco and everyone's going to see the KKK hood on my mouth next to the blackface guy. So, okay. Here's my question. Yes. If you're this idiot. Yes. Are you, you're obviously trying to like hashtag own the libs because that's your yes. only like source of joy. Correct. Here's my question though. Are you, you are you using that picture to say I know blackface is wrong and therefore I am mocking the governor for for doing it? Or is he saying the libs are so snowflakey that you know only blackface and a KKK hood would like hashtag trigger them? Like it's I don't the understand first one. Okay. his goal is I'm gonna If the governor is going to make me wear a mask, I'm going to mock the governor using the most cringy picture of the governor I can imagine, which is this thing he got in trouble for. But but Falwell does not certainly think that blackface is inherently bad, right? No. And later on, but this is like the thing with him is this is why there's no conservative daily show because their response to a Democrat arguably doing this racist thing a long time ago is not let's make fun of it. It's let's go super racist. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it last week. Eric Metaxas did that whole minstrel speak tweet as well in response to something like this too. Like to, to Joe Biden's comment that was stupid. Eric Metaxas talked in minstrel speak last week. And now Jerry Fall was like, well, if you're going to make me wear a mask, I'm going to remind people of your blackface. Mm. There's no joke. It's just them being super racist to own the libs. It's but just okay. them hurting as many people as they know how to hurt. Yeah. Let me spread this awful image and who cares? Cause he doesn't think about other people. Um, no, 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 never. Um, he also said later on, he was trying to, like correct what did he say later just so folks outside virginia unfamiliar with the pick and the mask understand blah 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 it's from the governor's thing just a way to shine a spotlight on the fact that democrats are and always have been the real racists in this country because no one thinks republicans are racist at all okay this isn't even the story i wanted to oh talk my about God. no it just really 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 bugs me that when Government when 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 GOP people put together laws that are actively racist or say things that are actively harmful to other people, and their only redirect if they're called out on it is, well, one of your guys did something pretty shitty thirty years ago, so we're basically all the same. Like it's just, <laughs> right. It, it's just what like because there I don't think there's any justified this is the argument I've heard for Joe Biden too like. With the anytime I've argued or heard someone argue like vote for Joe Biden because who's going to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Who do you mm-hmm. want to replace liberals on the court or throughout the federal judiciary? Mm-hmm. And one stupid response that I've heard back from other potential Democrats or voters is like, well, he's the reason we have Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. He didn't listen to Anita Hill. And it's like, Yeah, he made a lot of mistakes. Trust me, every progressive knows he made those mistakes. And also, yeah, yeah, that's how I feel, too. Every progressive knows, like... I don't even know what she's barking at. 
<laughs> every progressive knows like you hold Biden's feet to the fire and he's learned from his mistakes and he will be pushed by Democrats to not make those mistakes again. Like don't like hold him to account for his past, mm-hmm. but also he's not the same guy he was 20, 30 years ago. No. And also like, if you have any, all anybody of a certain age, who's had a certain amount of experience in, in in politics, you're gonna find really shitty shit. And, and, and I want to be clear. Is, by the way, why Ralph Northam did not and should not have resigned because since he's been in office in the past year and he chose not to resign because there was a chance a Republican could have taken his governorship. Um, they have passed so much progressive legislation that is incredible, and like Virginia is yeah, a better Virginia. state. Yeah because he signed off on that stuff so it's like he uh, learned, he, and i wouldn't say yes and i would say like i don't think i don't know i i really don't and this is something we've talked about at length and i think it is the challenge of being a party of people who have sincerely held morals and not sort of grandstanding, you know, holding up God. Like I genuinely have a, a moral, uh, quandary about, was that the right thing to do? And I think we talked about this and Franken. we talked about about this last year when this whole black thing, blackface thing came out. I don't know what's the right thing to do. I, I genuinely don't like, I think people who have history of racist tendencies have no place in public office, but if he, if- I'll, I'll simplify this for you because here's the rationale that I'm using. Okay. Who am I more disturbed by, Ralph Northam, who let's assume that was him in the picture, Ralph Northam, who did something racist 20, 30 years ago, or Jerry Falwell, who did not do blackface today? Oh no, no, no. Jerry Falwell is always no right here. And but I guess what I'm Northam thinking of- needs to go overboard with right. how he makes up for that. And if he's going to do that, I have no problem supporting him. I, I guess I'm sort of trying to get to an argument that I, that I hear a lot and see a lot on Twitter of, can you give me a reason to Joe, vote for Joe Biden? That isn't to get Trump out of office. And for me, that's a very specific delineation of, I am willing to vote for basically whoever to get Trump out of office because I recognize that he is the, the the greater threat toward anything else. And I don't know. It doesn't seem like a complicated question for me. It's because there are thousands of seats that a president would nominate in the government who run like everything. And I want a sane person nominating people who know what they're doing. And I think you and I I understand that. I I just hear it from a lot of like, you know, Bernie supporters, which I, which I agree with almost all of their politics. But but I don't, it's a thing I hear a lot and I don't know how to respond to that. Cause if you're, if your head is in a place of, well, I think the policies I want are the only way to move forward as a country, which I don't disagree with. I think bringing more democratic socialism into our country is basically the only way we can make sure people don't keep fucking dying for no specific reason from poverty, et cetera. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think I that happens from the ground up, elect more AOCs and get your way. But like, I hate 
all it's not that democratic socialists are like a third party. I don't like when the green party or libertarian party only seem to show up every four years for a president and never do shit the rest of, or at least publicly, like as a big thing, they make a big deal out of like, you don't, See them saying I'm running for city council as a libertarian. There are some, but like it's not as if we we have a close eye at all the local elections across the country. But but I agree, like all the libertarians in Congress, maybe right. one or two. Like they don't show up. They only want the presidency, and all they ever do is get in the way of like work within the like. This is what Biden and Bernie have done, saying okay. Biden won the nomination, but when it comes to policy issues, I'll put a bunch of Bernie people on the team to inform my decision making. Fine. Oh, right. I'm going back to the Falwell story for a second because yes, actually sorry. Falwell's racism isn't even the story. Oh, that's really part of the story. This happened uh, last night, okay. where this is just hours or so after Falwell posted that there is a man uh, named Dr. Christopher House, a black professor who worked. Never university. Um, he worked for Liberty University online, which is a big deal at Liberty because, like, they have a hundred thousand students. Liberty University, mm-hmm. and like eighty-five thousand are online. online. Fifteen thousand are like on campus or anything. So he taught a communications class or something online. After seeing those tweets by Falwell, he publicly announced his resignation. And his letter that he sent, um, I'm reading you part of it because it was amazing. As an African-American man and Christian pastor, I'm horrified and appalled that the president of the largest Christian university in the world would knowingly and intentionally use images that evoke a deep history of racial terror for people of color in the U.S., specifically individuals who look like me, Mm -hmm. for the purposes of making a political statement to the governor of Virginia. I cannot remain part of an institution whose senior leader would engage in such actions at any time. Um. So he resigned. Uh, that was it. House is gone. And by the way, oh, he I, mean, added this I really respect that level of. I do, too. Uh, yeah. He said this, too. If this is the kind of training champions for Christ that Liberty University leadership engages in, I morally cannot have anything more to do with this institution. Hmm. Wow. That's uh, that's brave and awesome and cool and good. Yeah, good for that guy. I wish more professors would join him out the door. I know that's way easier said than done because you have a job. You don't want to lose your job. But, like, that's a courageous thing that he did. I will say he had a job at Ithaca College as a professor. Like, he lost his side hustle. So he didn't lose his job job. He no, lost regardless, it's, time, but it's, still. it's a very brave thing to do to, uh, to, to really put your money where your mouth is in a way that most of us don't. Uh, you'll enjoy this story. Did you know Pixar has a new short film out on Disney Plus? It's called Out. I have heard of it, but I haven't watched it yet because I don't have I Disney Plus. It's about it's 10 minutes good. long. I know. Four. It's about Four. 10 minutes long. You're something in the 30s. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it yet. I do have Disney Plus because I have the little kids. Mm-hmm. I have not seen it yet. But the story, without giving anything spoilerish away, it's about a gay man who is openly gay, has a picture of him and his partner. That's part of the trailer. And then his parents stop by for a visit. And I don't know if his boyfriend is home or whatever, but like he has to come out to his parents and he's afraid to do it. Okay. That's the premise of and the movie. It's a, it's a short, like 10 minute type of film. And Christians are friggin' going overboard. So I've what heard Christians are overacting something dumb. I've never. I know. Here's some of the things I've heard. 
this film it does it's the normalization of sexual perversion uh you know they were so close the normalization of sexual diversity and yeah, they're yeah. democrat <laughs> Another group, Disney is clearly supporting unbiblical values and promoting sin to children. Yeah, they also have a lot of women talking to men, and so, <laughs> fuck you, Disney. <laughs> yes, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, they're pushing the homosexual agenda with this movie, which I was surprised by. Because you can't say homosexual yeah. agenda anymore. It doesn't even make sense. Uh, so all the the one million moms, which is one mom, mm-hmm. and other conservative groups are very very upset about this movie. They want you to sign a petition to be mad at Disney, which I'm sure Disney already factored oh, in the angry Christians in their, in their booths. Yeah, I'm sure they Disney own, to go under. Yeah, they own six eighths. That's three quarters. God damn it, Jessica, do better with fractions of the world's media. I'm sure they're yeah. really worried about these two women from Tampa who are mad at them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, different story. Jehovah's witnesses. I was surprised by this. Okay. There are not like, if I asked you to name any prominent Christians, like PhD Christians who still believe there are people that anyone could name. There are some like Francis Collins in the government, famed geneticist, evangelical too. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of PhDs who are religious. There's nothing weird about that. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't have a lot of those, partly because the religion opposes higher education. They don't want you to go to college. Mm-hmm. They said that openly. But there is one guy who is a PhD, who is a Jehovah's Witness, who's kind of the scholar that a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses point to as like, look, Dr. Feruli, doc, his name is Rolf Feruli. Dr. Rolf Feruli is a PhD. He is well-educated and he believes the stuff we believe. What's his PhD in? Uh, I need to double check that. It's like a legit PhD. Like there's no issue with that. He is. Uh, no, no, no. I'm uh, not shutting down. I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, I forgot what it's in, but he has published a bunch of papers and books and he has defended the witnesses in, mm-hmm. in, for years and decades even. Um, he just published a book. Oh, I, I should say he supports the ban on blood transfusions that the Jehovah's Witnesses believe. He also believes this is only kind of controversial in Jehovah's Witness circles. He says Jerusalem was destroyed in 607 B.C., Whereas most other historians and everybody say it happened like 20 years later. And the only reason that's controversial is because using the older date that Jehovah's Witnesses do allows them to believe something about Jesus coming back. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Yes. They're arguing about a two decade difference of when Jerusalem was destroyed. centuries ago something like that oh more than that 26 centuries ish but the 20 year difference is one of those like no don't no oh you said 60 uh, yeah anyway the like is what we say now bce um he believes in the jehovah's witness destroyed before jesus i don't care It doesn't matter. Jehovah's Witnesses believe it's the older date, and this is very important for them, even though no historian... they never celebrated birthdays before Jesus was born, and that's where they're going to stand. There you go. So, this guy just came out with a book. It's called My Beloved Religion and the Governing Body. The Governing Body 
as it stands right now, is like the eight white men in charge of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm -hmm. That's the, the, it's like the equivalent of the Pope, but for Jehovah's Witnesses. It's eight guys called the governing body. And basically, he says in the book, they have way too much power. They should not have that power. It violates biblical principles that they have that power. And frankly, they should basically dismantle because they shouldn't have this much power. Well, what I know about white men is once they have power, they're really excited to relinquish it. Yes. And here's the thing. Uh, if you talk to Jehovah's Witnesses, like the well, one of the many things you're not allowed to do, one of them is you don't trash the governing body. You don't, you don't talk really? shit about the religious leaders. And so they were like, for the, the biggest scholar in our religion, one of them, to say this, he could be kicked out. He could be disfellowshipped, excommunicated, in a sense, from the Jehovah's Witnesses. And if they do that, they're basically saying, you know what? The guy who's like the smartest one of us, nope, he doesn't get to be one of us anymore. He's too smart on us. I know. I did ask him. Uh, I asked Dr. Faruli, like, do, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think they're actually going to change, like, the way they operate, the governing body, or what? And he said, like, I can't guess what they're going to do. But he did say, uh, I am not guilty of apostasy, but I do believe in all the doctrines taught by Jehovah's Witnesses. He said this, to point out errors that have been done by the leaders is not apostasy according to the Bible. So if the governing body says that I'm an apostate, they are making a human commandment that is not based on the Bible. If they kick me out, he's saying, like, well, that's unbiblical too, because I'm not doing anything that goes against the faith. The question is, can they deal with criticism? Sure. And I'll, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Right. Um, a lot of dissent from within this week, huh? I know, right? Uh, here's a fun, let's talk about this rock star guy. Yeah. What, um, what's his deal? Yeah. So his name is Hawk Nelson, obviously, which is the band, the band is Hawk Nelson. Oh, the leader of Christian. Yeah. Listen, am I reading this? Yeah. His name's John Steingard. Uh, he's lead singer of Christian rock band Hawk Nelson, which I'm sorry, that's a better name for a human than a band, but whatever. It really is. Um, so they're a Christian rock band. And this week on Instagram, which is the AP of the 21st century, mm-hmm. um, he uh, came out as, did he use the word atheist? He said, he said uh, he no longer I believe. no longer believe in God. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read, so it's long. I'm going to read some of the, uh, some of the, um, pull quotes. Uh, he said, I've been terrified to post this for a while, but it feels like it's time for me to be honest. I hope this is not the end of the conversation, but the beginning. I hope this is encouraging people who might feel the same, but are afraid to speak as I am. I want to be open. I want to be transparent with you all and also open to having my heart change in the future. I'm not looking for debate. Um, he talked about, uh, he had a problem with evangelical Christian culture. His dad is a pastor. He always kind of had problems with it. Quote, I remember being uncomfortable with certain things. Praying in public always felt like some kind of weird performance art. Emotional cries such as, Holy Spirit, come fill this place, always felt clunky and awkward leaving my lips. A youth conference I attended encouraged every team to sign a pledge that they would, quote, date Jesus for a year. It felt manipulative and unsettling to me. I didn't sign it. Um, so despite those concerns, this is daily wire that I'm reading this off, uh, off of. He ended what? up, uh, per, yeah, he ended up pursuing music. Are reading Tucker. Isn't that Tucker's? Um, no, that's daily caller. 
Oh, I don't no. know Daily Wire is regular. Okay. It's pretty chill. Um, so he uh, formed this Christian band or was a part of this Christian band, um, but he continued to sort of feel uncomfortable specific, specifically with the concept of, of evil quote. If God is all loving and all power, powerful, why is there evil in the world? Can you not do anything about it? Does he choose not to is evil in the world a result of his desire to give us free will? Okay. Then what about famine and disease and floods and all the suffering that isn't caused by humans in our free will? If God is loving, why does he send people to hell? Uh, it's a lot of the questions I think a lot of people have about Christianity that leads them to leave the faith eventually. It, it does. It, it's funny because it does feel like, forgive the term, like entry level yeah. in your faith stuff. But, but that, but, and that's only to, to me and uh, presumably for you because. Yeah. Cause we've seen is, this before. We've seen this before. Like you, if these you are always it. the first steps of people questioning religion he had an Um, analogy that i really liked he said something like it's been more like pulling on the threads of a sweater and one day rediscovering that there was no more sweater left oh interesting yeah but um he also said why does god seem so pissed off in most of the old testament then all of a sudden he's a loving father in the new testament why does he say not to kill but then instructs israel to turn around and kill men women and children to take the promised land why does god let job suffer horrible things just to win about with satan why does he tell abraham to kill his son and then basically say just kidding that was a test that's maybe my favorite thing that turns people yeah. into atheists god can do anything can't you forgive without someone dying i mean my parents taught me to forgive to forgive people, no one dies in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, it's all good questions. And I, the question, I don't know the answer to this. Like, when in his Christian rock star phase did he kind of realize, you know what? I'm not 100% into what I'm saying, singing, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's always sort of had doubts. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always curious about things like this. Like, when you have built... You're str- you know, and I bet Seth Andrews would have some interesting insights on that mm. because, because I like to think not like a lot of pastors who are in the pulpit sure. who also go through the same doubts, but they still got to do sermons every week. Sure. Like you've sort of in, ingrained yourself into this lifestyle. And as soon as you have doubts, then what now? Because you, it's not, it, it's not as simple as me saying I was an atheist when I was like 20 or whatever. There was zero stakes like my one roommate was like that's weird and like that was the biggest blowback i got it's not like my career and my family are both wrapped up in it so i'm i'm always curious what the tipping point is i I think it's really incredibly brave and intellectually honest to do that because it would be very 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 easy if i i don't yeah, to just stay in the fold and just keep going. It's yeah. a career, it's a living. Yeah, I am I'm very impressed by that. Um I'm yeah. very proud of him. Even though I don't know him, have never heard of him, but listen. <laughs> <laughs> We're all doing our best, you know, man. I had uh one story for you that I don't think you've heard yet, which is gonna make you laugh. Uh Duck Dynasty. Remember Phil Robertson, the dad with the beard? You've seen pictures of him. I know, yes. He's wearing camo okay. head, of course. Yes, he's always wearing camo. They all wear camo. I don't get the show. Nobody can um, see them. It's science. <laughs> so here's an interesting story. His sons have a podcast, and they shared this story yesterday, and it went totally off the rails from what I thought it was going to talk about. They said, I'm going to try to shorthand this, that a few weeks ago they got a letter from a woman named Phyllis, who said, your dad, Phil Robertson, 
is my dad. And they're, and they're like, okay, crazy woman, we get a lot of creepy fan mail. And you know what I mean? Like, that's that's weird. Hammond, I'm going to be honest. When you said it's me, Phyllis, I was like, oh my God, my mom is finally waiting yeah. for something. I can't bail her out of. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so this woman basically says he's my dad. Uh, he, I was the product of an affair that he had. Love and that. the guys, the boys, were basically saying... They said if we do the math, because she said she was 45 years old. Okay. They're like, wait a minute. Well, he became a Christian after that. Oh. So, yeah. ma'am, you don't exist. <laughs> Pretty much. But they, they basically said we kind of felt she wasn't a kook. Like, she wasn't trying to get money out of us or anything. You know what I mean? She didn't seem like that sort of a person. So they called her up. And they're like, they believe her even more. Then they confront their parents and he's like i guess phil robertson said well how do you show this or whatever and they said do a dna test so they they get dna and they sent in the dna information and basically the dna lab says yup you guys are a match she's definitely your daughter and the thing that got to me uh was that as they are discussing this the boys add they said, yeah, he became a Christian after she was born, but he had the affair nine months earlier when he wasn't a Christian. Therefore, that's their way of saying, see, this isn't hypocritical at all. Jessica ran away for a second, so I will react on her behalf. What? They? So, yeah, he had the affair before he was born again Christian, and he, the baby was born, or I, I don't know if he knew about her, like, I can't blame him if he didn't know she existed, but also, how do you not know? Well, I mean, her? look, it's a very convenient thing that that Christians and cult members all use of no matter what you did, it was before you found Jesus or you found Zeno. It's what they use for Trump, too, like the right-wing Christians. Oh, who back Trump say, yeah, all the pussy-grabbing stuff he said before he found Jesus, but trust me, he's Christian now. I know about old it's white men. Worse. The thing I know about old white men is they love to change. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. don't like doing the things they've done for the last 50 years. It brings them no comfort. They like to learn new technology. They like to learn new games. They like to see women in charge. <laughs> like, oh man. So the guy who's known as like he walks around with the Bible in his hand, calls out the cruelty of or he just basically bashes atheists everywhere he goes. And yet here's an interesting secret about him that apparently he didn't even know. Supposedly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he also pointed out they I guess they met her. Um, and maybe she'll come on their show soon or something. But here's what Robertson said on their show. It's a pretty cool explanation of redemption, reconciliation, love. I don't even know what that's in reference to, but I'm like, that, no, what? Hmm. No, this is you being a hypocrite. Like, you can't just write everything off as I wasn't a good man before this second. Like, sure, I'm a serial killer, but I was a serial killer before I found Christ. So don't get mad at me for all the bodies. God, I... It's always that sort of a crazy excuse. Here's the thing, and this is what we deal with like over and over again, is this this intellectual dishonesty of, of I am willing to understand and admit that people fuck up. They say the wrong thing, mm-hmm. or they do the wrong thing, and that's just sort of part of being human. And you can 
do relatively shitty shit and still be able to sort of reconcile like, okay, I'm not a terrible person. I made a bad choice. Like we've all done it. None of us hasn't made a bad choice in our life, but to then say that, well, yes, he made this bad choice, but it's before he became X. And since then, since what, 45 years ago or whatever, how old this Mm -hmm. this woman is, he's done nothing terrible. I mean, everything he says has been terrible, but approved by even. No, no, no. He's a monster. No, no mm. ways about it. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really, really problematic because they talk about, well, somebody fell or somebody sinned, but it was either before they discovered Christ or they stepped away from Christ. Like they have this sort of thing of like, as long as. And even if they are Christian and they do something, it was just a lapse. He'll be back to Christ. all got involved. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't, I just think it's a much better way to live your life, understanding that people are going to fuck up and you have to forgive them or move on. Otherwise you're going to be alone. And if you're alone, that's, I don't mean alone in like single. I mean, alone like you cannot be around people because all people are garbage more or less. But I just think it's really intellectually dishonest to say like, Anytime somebody I like fucked up, it is before this arbitrary date I set when right. I stopped being a bad person and started being this this golden boy. Like, right. j- like Pat. Re- I did enjoy uh, Phil. Phil. I did enjoy the comment. Like, who do you think was more shocked, Phil Robertson, to learn he had a daughter, or this daughter to find out, holy shit, that guy's my father? I could not imagine. But it's just. You know, Phil Robertson isn't the first person to have a kid out of wedlock. He's not the first person to cheat. And not that any of those things are good or even acceptable. But, like, let's not pretend that as soon as you discover Christ, you don't do anything flawed ever. As much noxious. It's so As we gesture toward the Catholic Church. Yes. Yes. We're all looking at you. Yeah. Um. I'm all talked out for now. I think. Um, I've got a quick thing. Uh, so Hobby Lobby's kind of been in the news a lot in the last year or so. So they had this Gilgamesh tablet um, that they um, that was 3,500 years old. It was purchased by Hobby Lobby um, for display in their Museum of the Bible, which is based in Washington, D.C. Um it turns out that that artifact, though real, they bought it for $1.6 million in 2014. Um, it is stolen, as many things are from, you know, pre-20th century. When they opened the Museum of the Bible, a lot of the goods they had, like thousands and thousands, were basically smuggled by via a black market and when they were buying it from people saying, we're building a museum, we need Bible artifacts. Oh, you have thousands of them. We're going to buy them. And it turns out they're getting them from this underground black market that they never should have. Yes. And I, and I think this Gilgamesh thing is basically, like you said, it is real. It's just a Sumerian poem written mm-hmm. thousands of years ago. And part, the reason it's in the museum of the Bible is that parts of the, uh, the artifact have, details about the great flood that christians attribute to the noah story it has stories about the garden of eden which are relevant obviously so that's why they wanted it but you're right it turned out to be stolen and they're once again in this situation where like 
they have to return more either stolen goods mm-hmm. or we've also talked about fake goods that they bought because everyone figured out these people will give you money for anything mm-hmm. and all the criminals are like well i have a good news um yeah and i i think it's sort of again coming at this this interesting point in history that for me personally only in the last maybe 10 years and grant him only 30 however old i am um I understood the problematic nature of Anglo museums that they're almost exclusively stolen shit from like quote unquote, big air quotes, like lesser cultures because I don't know, the Iraqis can't be trusted to maintain something. It's a very paternalistic bullshit thing. So it's sort of satisfying to see, uh, um, to see this sort of coming to a head. So Richard Donahue, Donahue, excuse me, uh, he's the U.S. attorney from the Eastern District of New York. He said, quote, whenever looted cultural properties found in this country, the United States government will do all it can to preserve heritage by returning such artifacts where they belong. In this case, a major auction house failed to meet its obligations by minimizing its concern that the uh, provenance of an important Iraqi artifact was fabricated and withheld from the buyer information that undermined the province's reliability. So yeah, it's whatever. Has Lobby or the museum of the Bible done anything right in the past several years. No. I can't remember a story where it's like, yep, they're still doing awesome work. Like no. every time the museum of the Bible is in the news, it's because they did something shitty. Or they are lying to people who go inside. Most museums don't make headline news. That's sort of not their jam. But like, name another museum that, like, the Art Institute is never in the news because, like, hey, that painting they have up—it's a forgery. Yeah. And then it—that's the same headline every two Almost months. Like when you privatize shit like that, there is a little less oversight, and maybe the things should be owned by the public or whatever. What? What? But you know what? What the fuck do I know? I'm just an idiot in a house in Aurora. <laughs> Hey, where do we find you on the interwebs? Hey, uh, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, I also want to say a couple hellos. One is um, to Diane and her wife, Jen. Um, Diane sent me something and she wanted me to rant about it, but I forgot. Uh, but I said I would say hi to them. And also, Aaron, we got a um, a very wonderful video message from Aaron um, and it it made me ugly cry. Um, but I hope you and your family are doing well and we're, uh, you're in our thoughts all the time. Um, also if you would like, if you have an extra $3 a month laying around, which I know not a lot of us do, but listen, I'm, I'm here holding out my hat. Um, on Patreon, we have a bunch of bonus episodes, um, bonus episodes of this podcast. Lately, I've been doing episodes with my husband about, um, that are movies about people being trapped in various places. Um, and most recently we watched the mini series and then there were none, um, which came out in 2015, I think. And I'm obsessed with, it. I've probably seen it eight times. We watched it with my husband together for the first time. He did not care for it. My dear friend, Anne. So we put that episode up. My dear friend, Anne found out that he didn't like it. And so last night, we recorded a second episode just to talk about how much we did like, and then there were none. So those both are going to be up. We also did a, and this is embarrassing, three and a half hour episode about the third season of Lost with my two very dear friends, uh, Jeff and Leslie, who live in, in Kentucks. Um, 
that it was so much fun. And I don't know if people will have as much fun listening to it as I had making it, but it just felt like normalcy for a minute of like my friends and I arguing about something that could not be less important. Um, so if you're interested in those things, or if you want to support what we're doing, uh, it's three bucks a month on Patreon. You have access to what, probably 20 episodes. Lots of bonus episodes. Yeah. Patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Um, it's, uh, there's some stuff that is fun and I'm, and I'm proud of also last plug. Uh, my husband and I started in a podcast called Cooper Duper. It is a uh, watch long podcast about twin peaks, which is my husband's favorite thing. And I have also seen it. Um, it's been a joy to put out. Um, it's, I've learned audio editing in a way I've never done. So I've been doing things with that. Um, the one that comes out this coming week is hopefully if we set it up, his big sister, who is the reason he watches Twin Peaks, she was like an appropriate age when it came out. And so the three of us are going to have a chat about like what it was like being 16 when Twin Peaks came out. Oh, nice. It was like 11 and traumatized by it forever, which, <laughs> which like explains a lot. Anyway, uh, Hammett, what's up with you, bud? Uh, I'm at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Find me at friendlyatheist.com. Leave us messages. And- always email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. We're around. And we'll talk to you guys soon.